Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you inky savages are joining us for episode number 142 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. We are recording the day after Fountain Pen Day. It is Saturday, November 5th, 2022, and we got some things to talk about, including Tom. He actually bought a fountain pen, right? So the guy who actually works at a fountain pen retailer went and bought a fountain pen, and I know nothing about it other than he bought it, so I'm excited to talk about it with him. I also want to talk about a couple of pens, but before we do that, really quick, let's talk about our sponsors, Gold Spot Pens. Please check out the affiliate link in the description down below and make your purchases using that affiliate link. And don't forget to use coupon code OINK. Please pay attention. We are no longer using coupon code ROY because we feel that that's boring and Tom had some logistical reasons that he thought, oh, maybe we shouldn't do it. So we're going to change it up every month to make sure you guys are paying, paying attention to the podcast. And I hope you guys are. So use coupon code OINK at, so O-I-N-K. <laughs> and the story behind that is if you look at Tom's Ink Journal email address, it's Auto Ink, but it sounds like, it looks like Odd Oink. So I call, that's why I called him that's why I've been calling him Odd Oink for years. I think it's really hilarious. So please use coupon code OINK at checkout for an additional savings on most of the products on the Gold Spot Pens website using the affiliate link. And it may not work for some brands. Maybe we don't really need to throw shade at those brands, but some brands it doesn't work, but for a lot of brands it does. One of the brands that it certainly works for is one of the most curious pens on the market. And it's actually really cool. It's called the Platinum Curados. Now, when this pen first came out, Tom and I certainly did throw a lot of shade at the pen. We it made did. fun of it, not only for its design, but for its name. We just made fun of it as much as we possibly could. So what ended up happening is the brand Platinum, they made, made iterative changes to the pen to make it more functional, to make it a better pen. And all the things that we pretty much destroyed it on are gone. It's a very... I want to think that we had that influence for that product to become much better as it is now. We are not that big and powerful. We did. We made that happen. Yeah, let's just, say that, let's just say that it was us. Let's just say that yes. it was the both Let's just us. say it. Yeah. Right? And if you haven't tried it, please try it. It's a sub $100 retractable fountain pen available in five colors. And it comes with a removable clip. So if, for example, like the Platinum, I'm sorry, the Pilot Vanishing Point, vanishing you don't like point, that yeah. clip getting in the way. Well, on this pen, believe it or not, it's removable. And it's also further back towards the center of the pen. So even if you leave it on, it doesn't really get in the way. So give it a shot. I've used it extensively during the course of my studies. And then after this major exam, I took, I was running to catch up with my my wife had pulled over into an illegal spot and I had to run and jump in the car and I didn't realize that it had actually fallen out of my pocket. I'm like, oh, no good. But, you know, there's a lot of heartbreak associated with that pen because the pen was with me through the journey of studying. The extra fine that I was using was fantastic. And other than the removable clip, it has a silicone nib housing. It's kind of like like a castle gate. It comes down and lets the nib out and it keeps the pen from drying out for up to six months check it out you won't be disappointed now that whole read where it says it keeps it from drying out for up to six months i don't know if that's true it's what it says 
I don't know if they're marketing that. I don't know how they know that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, they... I figure Platinum's the kind of the the reigning champ of making these dry out anti dry out uh, proclamations, uh-huh. and it, it's it has been independently tested at least for the slip and seal cap mechanism that they could actually stand on that they could. So I, I would I would tend to believe that. If they're going to say it lasts for six months, that I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, listen, the slip, and seal, on it. the slip and seal cap, I can see why I can believe it. But something mm-hmm. that has like a retractable door that's made of silicone, like it hasn't been tested independently. I mean, they, they say six it. months. Yeah, but where, it. yeah, but it would take six months and like halfway through I'll, I'll forget and, and I'll write. And with you'll it, open and then, the pen. Yeah. Right yeah. And then, <laughs> and then write with it and stuff. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if I believe it. I need to see it for myself. If somebody out there is willing to do it, awesome. As a matter of fact, I'll make you a deal. If someone out there six months from now is willing to somehow show that in six months it didn't dry out, then I'll make sure that Luxury Brands of America comps you one as a prize for doing so. So, yeah. But you got to have some pretty hard evidence that you put ink in it, let it sit for six months, and then used it six months later you, you yeah. have to figure some way of being honest about that you know right right you can't just ink it say hey look it works hey. after six months you know and you like, like, like five all of a sudden you, we get an email tomorrow be like hey i did that right here <laughs> just so happens you know so and finally last but not least one of my favorite coffee brands of all time brlcoffeeco.com it's owned by my buddy neil he is an owner of the coffee company it's a great coffee they have different roasts they have different beans from different countries and all the swag on the website brlcoffeeco.com has a hint of sarcasm and attitude which i think is awesome it is nothing but a lot of fun with some great coffee and no matter what color roast you get, how dark it is or how blonde it is, they all have just amazing flavor and the caffeine content on the blonder roasts are higher, but it doesn't give you the crackhead jitters, which is always a positive. So please purchase coffee at brlcoffeeco.com. And if you are not sure what kind of roast is appropriate for you or what you like, you can always reach out to him by email. He loves interacting with people and talking to people about coffee. He's such a coffee fanatic. He'll sit there and talk to you for an hour about coffee like we would talk about pens. He has a passion for coffee. His mugs are funny. His sticker and swag is funny. So so make sure you check them out and also use coupon code ROY. So this coupon code hasn't changed. Coupon code ROY at checkout for an additional savings on all products on the brlcoffeeco.com website. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks again for joining us for episode number 142. Before we get started, I just want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned. You have been warned. Now on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage 7. So I was able to catch a little bit of your Fountain Pen Day video that I had suggested you do. And it means, first of all, I had a lot of fun while watching it. I know Chris were behind the camera. Chris was behind the camera. Kieran was behind the camera. For everybody who doesn't know, Kieran is one of the co-owners of Goldspot. And the other co-owner of Goldspot is her husband, Sal. And Tom and Sal were on screen. Chris was behind the scenes. Kieran was behind the scenes. Let me tell you. 
it was like a stud fest of beards while watching that. It's like between you and Sal, you guys had a beard contest going, right? Yeah, we did. I honestly, I don't know who would win the beard contest. If it was like a hair contest, he might have won because he has like the slick John Stamos type hair. Yeah, he's got and, yeah, that he's got that on me for sure. Right. And if it was like a beard contest between you and I, this is as good as it gets for me. This <laughs> is probably the same amount of growth time too. Mm-hmm. But I was watching it and I was really enjoying it. Unfortunately, I, I was working so I couldn't be there and I also couldn't stay on for the whole thing. But you guys were showing some pretty cool pens. One of the pens that was displayed by you and Sal that really piqued my interest Maybe it wasn't on your video, or maybe it wasn't on that particular video. It probably video. was. Okay, I'm going to talk about it. It was the Banu, the Banu Rollerball that's fillable with fountain pen ink. Was that on the fountain pen yes. video? Okay, yep. yeah. So the one that I have here, this is the Skull and Roses, and this one is in all black. I don't know if they have a silly fancy name for it. I think it's it called it Crow. It's called Crow? Crow Black, yeah. Okay, Crow Black. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Now, are we talking like Crow because of the bird, or are we talking Crow because of the Brandon Lee Dark Horse comic book movie? I'm thinking because of the bird. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That 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 reference might be lost, being that you know these are this is a different culture entirely that's making these pens. So not true. You know, not but, related to the crow. What? No, not I'm just saying like it's no, it, but it not related. Not to related crow. to the crow the movie you know that mm. they may have never seen that movie over there so you mean in 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 Benu. and for with the people that work at Benu over in armenia but they used to be from russia so right. i don't know if they Bro, might have seen who that the fuck didn't see the crow i well i'm saying that's that's you know is an american thing could have been that never got outside of you know what i'm saying i i don't know that you can't no? go ahead and just just tell people publicly well, I would that just think, they didn't watch I would watch just think that movie. most likely it's going to be for the bird. Okay. Because, yeah. The yeah, bird but, but is, think about is the, more well-known than the movie. Okay, I, I, I get that. I get that. But what is the reference? Like, what's the connection between the bird and Skull and Roses? Like, there's more of a connection with Skull and Roses to the movie The Crow than there is to simply a bird. What is the connection? Well, there was dead people in the movie. Like, dude was buried alive, and then he just, like, not buried alive, he died, and then just, like, busted out of a grave and stuff like that. There were crows in the movie, Mm -hmm. and there were skulls in the movie, and there were also roses in the movie, right? There's nothing. roses in the movie? Yeah, there are roses here and there. They might have been dead. But I think (laughs) that the pen, the Skull and Roses pen, the Banu Skull and Roses, I think it has more of a link to the movie The Crow than it does to a bird The Crow. Right? Okay. So if you like you have like a hesitant and almost just like a like you're you're pandering to my concept, but you tell me, what does the bird The Crow? What is its connection to Skull and Roses? It's black and crow-like. Um No, no, no I'm saying I don't mean Skull and Roses the pen. What is right. a bird the bird, the crow, what is the bird's connection to skull and roses? Forgetting about the pen, but like, why do you associate the crow bird with a skull? Why do you associate the crow bird with roses? Well, I would say because it's such a life and death sort of theme 
and that it's kind of intertwined is that the crow crows are normally seen like let's say feasting on you know a carcass or something so it's kind of like life is feeding off of death and that sort of dynamic that's going on maybe wait a minute are you saying that crows are scavengers aren't they i don't know aren't they also google time son it's google you gotta make sure because if we're gonna say that then we have to make sure that it's correct unlike unlike most of the shit that i said last week in regard to paleontology and excavating i got a lot of emails about how essentially saying oh also also a group of crows is called a murder of crows so that relates to death, right? Wow, really? Yes. Is that what you're looking at right now? Yeah, so pbs.org says that crows are both predators and scavengers, which means they will eat uh, practically anything. They'll eat okay. roadkill, they'll eat anything else, whatever. So, But they will really? eat roadkill. So. I wonder if you put a crow in a cage and gave it like a McDonald's cheeseburger, would it eat that? Because if it doesn't, then we really need to examine whether we should be eating that stuff. I've seen things before where isn't it like you put let's say a a Big Mac in its box or even outside and you just like leave it there and it doesn't go bad like everything else would like you would mold wouldn't grow on it and things like that it would just like still stay in the same really I, I mean I've I've seen some things like that before where someone's like oh like this is I took a time lapse picture it just didn't it just didn't decompose like a normal hamburger would wow you know what we should do we should alter what we were saying in the sponsorship about how we should put a platinum or test independently test a platinum fountain pen to uh, cure this to see if it will. Oh, dry I get out. what you're getting. Put a, a, a Big Mac next to a platinum Curados and see which one dries <laughs> out first. <laughs> <laughs> which one do you think will dry out first? The Big oh Mac? Oh my god! I want to. I want to go. I want to go buy one just to, just to do that right now. Right. I want to do that. Yeah. The thing is though. You can't do that with McDonald's burgers or any burger for that matter in your house because you have two dogs. That cheeseburger will never make the six months. Mm -hmm. It might make six minutes at best, right? Because dogs love cheeseburgers. Dogs love burgers. They like my one dog will just jump on the table and pretty much devour anything if like left unsupervised. So really? Mm-hmm. She's they know gotten... they're not supposed to? No, why was I I'm pretty sure that my our, our second rescue dog Arya is was just a savage like she just she if you're not looking she will just be like oh mines and just like jump <laughs> on the table and she's devoured already an entire like at least two three pounds of chicken uh thankfully without the bone and then one time we had uh cupcakes that were in actually a wrapping a cellophane wrapping and she just went to town on that thankfully they were vanilla cupcakes and thankfully they only had paper wrappers because then that would have you know had a whole other host of issues but both times like she just she like and you could just see she's like only 13 pounds but what happens is like she eats all that food she swells up like a beach ball like she yeah. just looks like she looks guilty she's like a snake that just ate you know 15 mice just giant you beach ball elaborate on two things mm -hmm. you said she ate like two pounds of chicken thank god there were no bones was the chicken cooked or was it raw it was cooked yeah so i had oh. just actually cooked it and cut it off as so i i was um i was grilling it 
by grilled it was like the rib uh the rib uh chicken breast with with the bones and everything i had just cleaned off everything so i cut all the chicken off the bones Mm -hmm. and i put the i put it on a plate and i had just happened to just go outside i think to get something else and by the time i come back in i look at the table and i'm like Guys, what happened with the chicken? Like, because no one else was at the table at the time. Like, no one, no one was like coming to the table for dinner. I'm like, wait, what happened to all that chicken? And right. like, I go looking at her, and she just is like sitting there, and basically is like, looks like she's dragging a cannonball, like between, you know, in her rib cage. Mm. I was just like, she just ate all of that. She just housed it. So, from my understanding, if a dog ate like a raw chicken bone, it's safe. And if a dog ate a cooked chicken bone, they need to go to the hospital. Really? I didn't know that. So, yeah. So when it's raw, it's not like brittle and glass-like when it breaks. So they can eat it. If the chicken wing or the chicken bone is cooked, now you have an issue where the bone becomes brittle and glass-like when it shatters and breaks. So that's why it's so dangerous for dogs Mm. to eat the bones no i was i was very lucky in that case because mm. it was a lot of chicken i didn't understand the cu- the cupcake thing you were saying thank god it's vanilla as like if it were strawberry well, it's chocolate you... chocolate's bad chocolate's oh that's right yeah. right it's same for cats actually i just realized that yeah so if there was yeah. chocolate in it so all right mm-hmm. so just don't leave any food lying around now we've we've learned our, and the second time when that whole cupcake thing happened i flipped out like so like my daughter will never let me live it down. Like I, I, I basically threw a chair. I was so mad and upset over the fact that we just let it happen again. Right. <laughs> and that, and that on top of it was something, cause like the chicken, okay. Chickens like normally you would even make boiled chicken for dogs when they're not, their stomach's not that great. So it's, you know, it's not terrible to eat for the chicken, but when it came to like eating a whole thing of cupcakes, I was just like, that's just terrible, you know? terrible how like it's not good for the dog terrible yeah it's definitely not keto friendly so oh certainly isn't but you know what's funny though you would think that a i mean dogs are like children so i guess maybe not but you would think that a dog would know not to eat something that's bad for them i guess not right because she just has no that's what i'm saying i think she was like a street dog i have no idea her backstory before we Mm -hmm. got her but she was already a year old. I was like, she, I, I feel like she's like one of those like street dogs that just had to like survive on whatever was there. So she was like the lady in the tramp was like in the back of the alley eating the leftover, you know, whatever was coming out of the, the, the eateries or stuff like that. I, yeah, we just yeah. come up with these very creative stories about how she was like when she used to live in Atlanta. So, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, but I think that, I don't know. I think it is funny that dogs know to eat stuff that people eat. Like if you see a stray dog and you're trying to like coerce it to like come out or something like that so you can like catch him and get him adopted. If you used French fries, they'd never seen French fries before, but they would eat French fries. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of strange, but I think it's kind of interesting. Well, dogs also sometimes eat their own shit, so you can't really. Do they really? Yeah. Like my, uh, our old dog that had passed away would sometimes just like eat his own poop. And it was just, they, they don't, they're not, gour- they're not gourmets. They don't have very like elaborate tastes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's gross. I just want to see this. <laughs> uh, so going back to this pen, what I really do appreciate about the new Banu Skull and Roses 
I don't know if this is for all the pens across the board. I would assume it is because they're pretty good with keeping things consistent. Is it's only one, one, one and a quarter turns to cap and uncap. Nice. Whereas with previous iterations, it would be one, two, it's almost, it's almost three. Some of the pens, especially the Euphoria's, it's almost three rotations to uncap and cap it. So it's, it takes a while, but this one, it doesn't do that. And secondly, I am really curious how they come up with new designs and create new innovative pen designs so often, right? Because the idea is like, listen, if you're going to create a new mold, you have to create a new machine to create that mold, right? So I don't know what they're doing. Are they 3D printing? Do you know? Are they, I have any as, idea? As far as I had seen in the literature, um, and I had not confirmed this with Kate from Bennu, uh, I would love to see a process if they could do a, a process video on this because sure. it just, it looks like it, from what it said is that it was engraved down. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe like a CNC milling machine that would go in and just and just subtract the material to then create the shapes around it. You think so? I or or, or I'm th I was just thinking more than likely. I think it would be an injection molding. But then again, like, do you see where the where the lines are? Where are the seams? I don't see them. That's the thing. I don't see injection molding seams. So I'm very yeah. curious as to how these pens are made. And I'm pretty sure they wouldn't want to share that because the designs on a lot of these Banu pens, they're so, so unique. unique that it almost comes across as proprietary. Right? Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I look at that, there's nothing else that's out there that looks like Skull and Roses. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the way they manufacture their pens is a proprietary method, mm -hmm. right? And these days, more and more, I've been appreciating Banu, the brand, just more and more because what I'm finding is Banu, they're really innovative when it comes to fountain pen designs, right? Did so, you catch when I, during the live show, did you catch when I was like, all right, we're out with the old and then Banu, you, did you see, did you hear when I said that? Yeah. You didn't see the comment? Oh no, I didn't see any oh, of that. I just, right. all I heard was, all I heard was like, oh, Roy chimed in and said, your beards look great. So I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even wrote. Tom stole my line, mm -hmm. my Banu line. Yeah, yeah, but when I saw that, straight I was like, up nice. But what I really like about Banu is they are truly innovative when it comes to fountain pen design in terms of aesthetic, right? So there's nothing innovative about a cartridge converter. There's nothing innovative about the nib. There's nothing innovative other than its design, but the design is so fresh and new. I really do think that they are one of the more innovative, newer pen brands to have come out into the market over the last several years. You know what I Absolutely mean? Absolutely agree. And I also think as new and innovative Novelar or Narwhal, whatever their silly name is this week, <laughs> I think Banu has them beat. Now, yes, Novelar or Narwhal, they are doing something very unique when it comes to cost versus what you're getting in terms of a piston filler. They have their own nibs. They're making their own nibs like they're not going Yovo Schmidt or Bach. And they're using materials. They have different unique ink windows like the portholes and the Nautiluses and stuff like that. Very cool. Oh, by the way, congratulations on that new pen by Nautilus. The new Nautilus pen that you guys unveiled yesterday. The, the Mariana Trench. The Mariana Trench. Cool fucking name. Did you come up with that? 
I might have. Okay. Just say yes, man. No one's yeah. going to like it. Okay, good. So, well, because I don't want the hate mail in case that offends somebody. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but this pen here, it's like Banu, the brand, they're so innovative in design that I have to say they're one of the more innovative brands out there, right? So, like, there's a lot of brands out there that are doing things like, you know, making the same model with a new color every other month. Mm-hmm. There's nothing innovative about that. It doesn't matter... It doesn't matter if you're using a material that hasn't existed. Well, that makes it innovative, using a material that hasn't existed before. But no one's doing that. Everybody's using material that existed already. So there's no innovation there. And then you got cartridge converters in just acrylic pens or different material pens. Nothing innovative, right? So you might pick a cool color, but that doesn't necessarily make you innovative in any way, shape, or form. These designs are innovative. They truly are, right? And haters I like them, yeah. may disagree, but I definitely like them. Yeah, it, it, it pushes, I think, the concept of what a fine pen could be mm-hmm. and how it could be exp- how a certain theme could be expressed mm-hmm. in a completely new direction, being that you could now play not only with adding sparkle or adding like shimmer the the little you know glitter pieces in different shapes and things but now being able to take a whole entire pen body yeah and a and a cap design and it was like you could take that and really play with it and have so many different ways that you could go about changing it yes now with the innovation with the concepts though there have to be sacrifices right and the sacrifice that they made with this pen, the Skull and Roses, is you can't really post it. Oh, there's no posting that thing. I mean, no. you can post it. It doesn't damage the threads because the threads are so high up, but yeah. it doesn't post straight. Look, it's like crooked. Yeah. Right? But, but I think the point is that it's a it's a pocket pen. You know, it's like a little small pen you could throw in your pen case or, or in a loop or something. And... And be able to have it as a quick draw, just great grab it out there and just and write with it and stuff. It, it and the, the it's about it's more about the form over the function. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like you would if you're all about like the ergonomics, the utility of it. The, Bennu's not a, a a brand for you. It's more or less like go for like Lamy, right? Right. Um, but it, this is about the artistic expression, about the connection with the theme. It's about it's about having a unique piece that really looks like a, a little work of art that you'd mm. be able to write with. Yeah. And you know what I like, though, also about the brand is the brand, they make their own pens, right? right. And what I mean by that is Banu manufactures their own pens. They're not a pen brand that just has Taiwan or China make the pen for them, and then they have a nib unit imported and screwed into it, and then they stamp their name on it and then charge 200 bucks for it, right? Like... They're not they're not shafers of the world out there. They're not just these brands that are generic and you know, they tweak a design and then say that it's theirs. You know what I mean? Like you see a lot of them on Amazon and stuff like that. It's not that. They are in total control of the creative process. They design it. It's just one guy, Alex, right? Alex is the one guy that designs stuff and, and I do like that he is collaborative in nature meaning like you could come up with a pen like the the cards one right what did you call that one again the royal flush yeah the royal flush and he'll take that information 
and he'll interpret it and in, come yeah, up with some sort of mix, cool design mix up and make this really awesome design which i think is really cool and i do think the royal flushes are really cool thank you the thing is i'm not really into cards okay so as cool as it sounds or rather as cool as it looks mm -hmm. i don't feel like it's something that i would invest money into because i'm not really into cards right it's not really my hobby but for people Fair who enough. yeah who like cards and stuff man that pen will give them a total like euphoric sense <laughs> when they have that pen is that pen lined the euphoria no it's the talisman so it's supposed to give you good luck uh, so it's an additional uh, boost in that right in that so regard. there you go if it yeah. if it was the euphoria line that would be great because then i would have used the words <laughs> anyway i you know use them use them just... good words yeah, yeah, I got good words. I do have to give but a good. I, I, I have to give a shout out though to the Euphoria that uh, I enjoyed. Uh, was uh, the Goulet pens, the Rainbow Slushy. That one was was pretty nice. I like. Can you that bring one. it up on screen so people can see it? All right. Do I have to? You gonna make me work now? Come yeah, on, man. Come on. Because so you don't know. Cool. You don't know what I'm talking about. Like you haven't seen it before. I have been so busy, dude. There's no excuse. Yeah. No excuse. Let's see, Rainbow Slushy. I'll bring it up here. Give me a sec. Let's see. Share. Rainbow Slushy. Share that. Let's share. Let's see That's what the... Goulet Pens has with regard so to they got the, the Rainbow. They got the Rainbow Slushy, which has a really nice looking glitter effect of, you have blue, you have basically a whole entire rainbow there. You have, that's what, I mean, it's the name of the thing. It's Rainbow Slushy. So it goes from the uh, dark violet, blue, then there's Ooh. a green cap band and a green section. Then you've got yellow and pink and magenta. I got to say, I love that green section and how it contrasts. Yeah. Like, it's a solid green that contrasts. It kind of, like, gives your eye, even the center band, it gives your eye, like, a break from all that's going on in the barrel and the cap. Absolutely. And, and that's, like, you would think that naturally you'd be like, oh, well, we should just have the whole entire thing be, be glittery. But mm. but I love the fact that that was given as kind of like a a, a spot of relief from all of the glitteriness. Like yeah. it just it just it, allows your eye to kind of be like, okay, enough glitter, and then yeah. there's more. <laughs> and that no, but also the contrast makes you appreciate the prettiness of that green. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying this in a biased perspective because I'm just such a lover of green. But mm -hmm. with all the glittery and all that's going on in the barrel and the cap, which is gorgeous. When you get to the section, it's such a contrast. It's it definitely invokes like, oh wow, that's a nice color. Yeah. Is there a description that we can read in regard to this rainbow slushy? Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's close this here. The All Bennu right. Euphoria fountain pen is part of our Goulet Pens exclusive special edition refreshment collection, all mm. featuring fountain pens designed after fun drinks. Nice. Inspired by the magical rainbow slushy, this faceted resin fountain pen features a rainbow ombre of colors with lots of gold sparkles throughout. The barrel color transitions from a fun pink red to gold with a translucent bright green grip section. The cap ring continues this translucent green color and the cap finishes the rainbow with a vibrant blue to a deep purple. So, and then it goes into the, yes, the euphoria description. So, but I, I, I'm not familiar with the magical rainbow slushy. Is that like, let's say a Seven Eleven thing? I, I don't really do slushies, but is it, is there a magical rainbow slushy? No, slushy is not a Seven Eleven thing. Slushy is like, 
and everybody. 7-Eleven has the Slurpee, and I think they copied the uh, Slushy. So I remember okay. being a kid, I would go into delis, and Slushy was an actual brand. I, okay. I think it was spelled differently, though. I think it was slush and then double E, not I-E. So I'm assuming that slushy is spelled S-L-U-S-H-I-E to avoid any kind of conflict with regard to branding or stuff like that. But, yeah, so the way slushies worked when I was a kid, at least, mm -hmm. and you may remember this, but you would go to the machine. There would be tanks of different like syrups, flavors, lime, watermelon, strawberry, whatever. And you would fill, you would pump like five or six pumps of it into your, your cup. Then you would go to the ice. Am I getting it backwards? Then you would go to the ice and then draw the ice into the, into the cup. And then it oh, would I think mix. you're thinking of snow cones. Isn't that snow cone? No, 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 no. Snow cone is when the guy puts it on a cone for you and then puts like a bottle, like the flavor from a bottle on it for you. That was a mm -hmm. snow cone. Slushy uh, was like more of a drink, so it was like mulched ice that you put the syrup mulched. on, or you put the yeah, or you the syrup goes in. But when I saw the picture of the Banu, the Euphoria Rainbow Slushy, I immediately felt the taste of a slushy. I remembered, <laughs> like I recalled the taste of a slushy, mm -hmm. although there was never any gold glitter in my slushies. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, but you want to hear a funny story. So just so everybody knows, that's only $149 at GoulayPens.com. No coupon code, sorry, but that's worth it. It's really cool-looking pen. I love mm. that green grip section. But when I was a kid, I went into this deli that was near my house. I might have told the story or, or not. If, if I did, just let me know. But I, So I was like 10 or 11, and I would go in, and I would pull the knob on the slushy machine too hard or on the syrup machine too hard, and then I would yank out the knob, and all the slushy would just come out of that tube and then the guy would always be like i remember it was a korean deli he would always be like oh he has to clean up <laughs> he has to always clean up after me when i go and that in. stuff is so sticky too right? right i think it was just the ice i don't think i spilled all uh, the, the syrup but that happened like three or four times you just and have like was, uh there's there's like wait, a wait, cloud wait, wait. of like i'm yanking or pulling or right. unscrewing things just way too hard right but let me finish the story so what happened was this happened like three or four times and every single time i would cause a mess and it wasn't intentional i wasn't being a piece of shit kid and then finally i remember i went in there to buy another slushy like several days later he sees me going towards a slushy machine so oh. he, he jumps out from behind the counter he's like no, no, wait 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 i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it for you i'll do it for you guys. So, so i'm with my <laughs> i'm with my <laughs> i'm with my sister and she was there with me the whole time every single time this happened so oh yeah that's right my sister would always go with me my mother wouldn't let us let me go out by myself because at that time when i was a kid in the area i lived crime was out of control so we always went together. So she witnessed everything. And I remember the guy filled the slushy, put the squirts of flavoring in for both myself and my sister. And he's doing it for us. And he's and you directed very... him as far as like, I would like that yes, flavor, yes, this yes, flavor. This oh, no, no, one. no. Three pumps of that one. One pump of this one. <laughs> no, but he was being super accommodating because he just didn't yeah. want me to touch the machine. So he's like, all right, tell me what you want. I'll do it for you. Like how many squirts? Okay, six. Okay, bump, boop, three, four, five, six. And then this one, this you want it like this? He's doing it for me. And then when he's done, he's like, okay, are these good? So <laughs> I remember I'm looking at both. And then the cup that my sister had had more than mine. So I went to say, 
oh, wait a minute, hers has more. And then when I went to point at it, I knocked them out of his hand. And then they all fell on the floor. And I remember his reaction. His reaction was literally like... He just looked down. He was like, fuck my life. He was just looking down. He's like, I feel so bad now. But he's looking down at it. He's just like... And then he went and got the mop. Oh, that was a funny. That's a that's truly a funny one of the funnier stories that I ever recall from my childhood. Probably, you know, and that when after that happened, I don't remember if I ever went back again. I I might not have ever went back. <laughs> There's again. a picture of you at that store <laughs> right. now today, like as I, a child. I know he didn't tell us never to come back. He was too nice of a guy. Yeah, I just don't know why we didn't go back again. Because because the humiliation was just too much now at this point. No, I can't remember. Oh, you know what I think it was? I remember now. He took this out the slushies. Total, this is a total, <laughs> dark, a, to- a total dark turn. Oh no! Come yeah. on, don't do this to me. Oh, we're having we... a good. We're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. When we left the store, some random homeless guy with a shopping cart wearing like a dirty brown ch- trench coat. Like, start mm. swinging a machete at us. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And then we were like, ah, when we ran. And I don't remember if when we ran, we retained our slushies or not, or if we threw them at him or something like that. Or or something like that. I just remember the guy going after my sister, like, ah. And then oh, my, sister, my sister was screaming. And then, you know, I was like, come on, let's go, let's go. I just, something like that, I remember. Yeah. So, wait. So, you mean to tell me after that point, the slushies dropped on the floor, this dude's just like... It's just like end it, end it now. You ended up getting still two more slushies out of it. Like he filled up again, like more yes. slushies. Yes, I mean this guy was so patient. Wow. So nice. wow. Unless unless he hired the homeless guy with the machete, you know. <laughs> so like he's like, get rid of these two. They're just they're just making my life miserable. When they leave, I need you to hack their heads off. Oh man. Yeah. But yeah, remember that's. I think that's why we never went back. As if. That- as if that, that did that take guy, a very very dark turn. Yeah, as if that guy is always gonna attack us when we come out of the the deli buying slushies every single time after that. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's I remember. I remember. Imagine that. Uh, imagine that you you tried to throw the slushies at the homeless guy with the machete and it missed him, went right into the store. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. The guy's like, they're not even here. Slushy comes in like a Molotov cocktail. (laughs) Flashes. There's icy and slushy everywhere. That's hilarious. That was was a funny story up until the guy with the machete. That was a great story. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I was like, why? And I, I didn't know when I was like 10 that that was a machete. Mm-hmm. Or eleven, I think I was. I, I didn't know it was a machete. Knowing as an adult now, now I know it was a machete. And then mm-hmm. I remember him thinking, like, "Oh my god, that guy!" I remember thinking, "That guy has a sword. He's gonna kill us." Because like, like we heard so many stories of like kidnappings and then like decapitations of like kids' heads and stuff like that. So we were always afraid mm-hmm. that that was like that was gonna happen. Oh, I was always afraid of that kind of stuff. But I was like, "Holy cow!" And then now as an adult, I'm thinking to myself. That guy, the owner of that deli, or the guy working at that deli, he must have been so appreciative of that, <laughs> of that homeless guy in the trench coat with the machete. Because after that, I, we never went back to that deli. Oh you know? man, yeah. And I drove by it. I drove by it a couple of years ago. The deli. It's not there mm-hmm. anymore. I think the guy got fed up with me coming in there and 
causing a disaster, he just shut the store down. But Have you ever been know. to any of those like uh, do-it-yourself froyo places? Years ago, I think there was a place called I can't remember it. Oh, Red Mango, maybe is that one of mm-hmm. it? One of them? There's uh, one they... called Sixteen Handles. Uh, the guy who ah uh, cute after the John Hughes movie, nice. Yeah, yeah, no, but I know the guy who who's the founder of the of it. Yeah, he's, but I was yeah. just thinking of like other places that you would totally mess up the dispensing machines for and then you would be never allowed back there again because like it would be like i wonder why these machines are always shut down you know, like, <laughs> that they're blocked off it's like oh right. this guy roy can't comes in every freaking time man this guy pulls the lever it just breaks the machine right off did, did, yeah i did said, you lever. Just say, yeah, said lever, lever. You, you can say lever no but you know what the thing is though it's sad to think that yes i am an adult so i'm probably not going to do that but you never know. But I haven't been in one for a very long time, the self-serve stuff, because of, you know, sugar. They don't really have them that much anymore, I found. No. They, I knew that was, like, a fad. The moment. I'm like, I'm like all these, like, the Froyo, whatever, make it. I'm like, this is a disaster. Every time you walk into those things, there's, like, flies buzzing around because people are slobs. Right. They, they, they don't know how to serve themselves. Even if you give them, like, a super simple task of just, like, pulling on a lever to get some ice cream in a cup, they're still going to end up dropping it all over the place, you know, or, or knocking yeah. something over. And then, and then the place becomes a slop house. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, unfortunate. Slop, it, am I using that right? I think you're pronouncing lever wrong. I'll tell you that. I'm just looking it up. Urban dictionary. Uh, okay. No, I take it back. I think that was not a good word to use. Okay, yeah. So it's just sloppy. It's just sloppy. Let's just. What's a that. slop house? Okay. Why is that? I don't know. I, I I googled it and I was like, okay, there's things that I it, it probably was not the right connotation. So okay. What yeah. slop house? Yeah, I don't think it's a it's a it's a good word to use for that. So, what does it mean? I I I just quickly looked at it. We're just gonna put a shit behind us, moving forward. All right. I have a pen here. Don't want to touch. <laughs> don't want to touch that. Wait a minute. What is that? Is that the... Oh, wow. What is that? This is a uh, pen that I bought recently from Colt Pens. It's called The Good Blue. Oh, wow. It's uh, it's actually... It's a brass pen. That looks it's, nice. It's got a similar shape to that, uh, to that Bennu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got, like, a really nice blue. It's called a summer blue finish. And it's got the... It's got, like, a brass section mm. and a uh, knurled uh, area here. And that's got, like, a nice little facet that... I don't know if you can see a facet. Mm. but It's, see, like, one side. It's just to stop it from rolling. I see yeah. that. Yeah. So it just, like, would rest this way. You um, know what also reason... does that? I'm sorry to interrupt. Is yeah. the Franklin Kristoff. Yeah. The Stabilis. So, yeah. I noticed. I immediately noticed that when you showed that. That's What's the center band made of? It's um, It's brass. Oh, wow. That looks cool. It is pretty cool. And it's got a yeah. white feed. It's got a white polymer feed. So, mm. and, and the really the reason why I want to get this was that it has this nib on it, which you can see it's like got like an interesting cutout shape on the side. And so it's a, the nib slit goes all the way down to the base, kind of like a noodler's does. And, and like it's got those revolution. Winged, yeah. Yeah. And it's got those winged cutouts and it's titanium. And then yeah. it says for the love of flex is laser engraved on it so okay so I basically that was what cool. you have is you have you have a brass pen 
that's colored really nicely. It has a polymer clear white feed and it has essentially a fountain pen revolution nib made of titanium. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. You know what, and now now that I think about it, I saw you writing with it on Instagram. It looks like it writes really well for a flex, for a flex tip. What did you What did you pay for the pen, if you don't mind me asking? It was, I want to say it was like one, you know, about like 160, 170, I think it was. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's not exactly inexpensive. I was kind of expecting it to flex more mm -hmm. than it does, uh, but it, it does flex and it requires a lot of hand pressure to flex it. Even on so, a titanium. Yeah, even on wow. titanium. And then it, it kind of, it writes very dryly when you don't flex it. So it's definitely not a wet writer. It it will be very, very dry and kind of has like a little bit of a draggy point. So, mm -hmm. um, but it does give you a good line variation. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the flex hunt lately because, um, I, I don't know. I just want to find something. I'm, I want to compare all of the flex that's out there mm -hmm. to then definitively say if, because I get that question a lot. A lot of people look at me and they say, the, oh, you know, you really got the good handwriting. You like flexible nibs. Mm -hmm. What, what do you recommend for this type of budget or whatever, you know? So I, I really want to go and explore all the different options out there. And that leads me to my fountain pen day purchase, uh, which I actually bought at full price or whatever on the on a Singapore website, I bought the Blue Dew, um, which is coming. It's called the the Blue Dew. It's a um, it's that's got a completely share? different looking. Want to share it with everybody? Talk it. about it. I'll get that up on here. Yeah, it's called the Blue Dew, and it's from Singapore. Yes. Okay, so you so bought Blue this. Dew. Was there some sort of a sale because of Fountain Pen Day? Does Singapore absolutely recognize? none? I just oh. was I, I I like I said I'm I'm on the hunt for flex. And this was another one that I wanted to explore because I had seen that this is capable of kind of like the, what's it called? Like the, 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 like a calligraphy type of flex nib, mm -hmm. like you would see as a dip pen, but it has housing and the, the nib unit is like replaceable too, but like it's, the, it, it resists corroding. So I'll, I'll show you one that. It's not the exact model that I got, but it has the nib on it that I did get. Okay. Uh, give me a sec. Hold on. Let me share. You're bringing it up right now for everyone to yeah. see and for everybody listening. Why don't you Why don't you go ahead and... Wow, that's a nice acrylic pen. It almost looks like a Penlux. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably still use all the same types of acrylic, uh, but oh, wow, this is what cool. I really bought it for was this Blue Dew Flex nib that has its own specific you know, uh, nib unit with the feed that's a, that's attached to it and everything. So it is capable of that very wide amount of line variation. All right. We'll keep talking about it. I'm going to make a wee wee. I'll be right back. Keep talking okay. about it. Yeah. So that is actually not the color that I purchased. So I did buy the writer in the demonstrator because the other ones that are less expensive are about like $88 or so there. This one is 145 and then you could add the flex nib unit on top of it. So it does come with a nib already. It's got like a vintage little heart, I think in the middle of the breather hole there. And this one has the vacuum filling system that you would find commonly on let's say a VAC 700 or a Pilot Custom 823. So I thought that was beneficial because if you're just dealing with a converter all the time, 
you're especially when you're dealing with the flexitive, you're going to run out of ink pretty quick. So I wanted like a nice reservoir of ink on this pen. Um, and then this one's a little bit fancier because it's got an actual sapphire in the clip. I mean, that doesn't really do much for me, but I did want something that was going to be like a neutral demonstrator so I could put different types of ink in it rather than buying a pen that was blue and I only feel compelled to put blue inks in it. So I wanted to put a lot of different varieties of colors in there and then um, have that vacuum fill system. So I think it was worth the additional splurge on just that part because of the fact that I can then control the ink flow and then have a lot more ink in there to do the flexing with. So, Well, I have a question. Can you go to a picture of the nib? The flex nib the, that they have? The flex nib? Let's see. Yeah, because you got yours with the flex nib, you said, right? I did, I did, and this one didn't have it, but let me see if I could find one, a good shot of one that does didn't have it on here. the first picture you have? Oh, there it is, right there. So, question about that nib. Is that nib one of those, is it like one of those zebra g nibs that you have to replace every couple of months or is it a permanent nib made with stainless steel uh, they, that you don't have to they do say that it's rust resistant so uh but the, the what makes me suspect that you do end up having to replace it is that they offer the replacement nib units for the uh for that pen so i'm thinking Wait, that you may end up having to replace that, it i don't know if that honestly indicate that looks like a Conklin All-America. I don't know if the replacement of the nib unit indicates that it's going to corrode like a Zebra G nib because those nib units are $35. Zebra G nibs right. are like 1000 for like five cents, right? So Well, these also come with the, you just have to unscrew it out. and So you don't have to do any priming or anything. As far as I know, this is, this is all new to me. So I, this, this is really the, the, one of the big reasons why I want to go through doing this is just like kind of experiment see what's out there. I've already played with uh, modifications before with using a Zebra G nib on, you know, let's say throwing it on a Jinhao. I, I've also had a Desiderata pen before that has the Zebra G nib on there. So I, I'm already kind of familiar with what's out there in that term. So I want to give this a fair shake too, because this looks relatively different you know, in, in terms of like how they're approaching that same solution right, uh, with I also a different think... type of nib. I think that compared to the Desiderata Pen Company, I feel like this is a less expensive alternative with a more permanent style of a nib if they're saying it doesn't rust. Because the problem with the Zebra G nibs is you have to constantly replace them. Right. And then the feed might be a different shape. But this one actually comes with the feed and the nib unit. And from what it looks like, the nib unit is permanent. Yeah, and you but, would have to prep and prime the Zebra G nibs to actually use them in the first place. Yeah, and then on top of that, and, I have heard a lot of cases of the Desiderata pen, pens. He makes them super thin, so they crack very easily. Did you what, hear the feeds? Anything? No, the whole or pen, the... the pen caps, you know what I mean? Oh, okay, the like the... General. Yeah, they're, they're like eggshell thin. Mm, like the acrylic's so... not like as thick as... So... You know, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just eager to see what else is out there. I'm also playing around with. So this was my fountain pen day purchase. Uh -huh. I just wanted to to share that with with everybody there. Um, I'm also eager to explore the possibility, and I've done this. Uh, I, you know, I've written with, let's say, the custom nine twelve mm -hmm. before. Um, mm. But I do want. I'm, I'm considering going the route of getting a custom nine twelve, getting the double channel ebonite feed from flexible nib factory and then on top of that 
sending it to Bokumundo to do the rodden and stuff on it just to make mm. it look like really cool looking because then I feel I could go it's but like the the custom 9 I want a custom 823 with an FA nip ultimately yeah. that would be my goal but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's even Tokyo uh, Quill Shop doesn't even seem like that they make it anymore. Like I was mm. just looking around, no one really has them for sale on any buy and sell page or whatever. Uh, my friend Mike will send me a, a listing every now and then if he comes across one, but really they're not they're not there anymore. And and I really would love if we could get Pilot to make that version of the E23 with an FA nib. Um, but they just don't, but I, so I'm trying different things, uh, just to get some sort of cool flex that looks cool too. So, mm. yeah, I mean, that's that, what kind of feed is in those, those blue do or mu do or the pendant you bought, what kind of feeds do they use? I have the, they don't specify exactly. Mm. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to be. On there. I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback on that puppy. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am looking forward to trying it out myself. Um, but ultimately, though, like with this, with this guy, after trying it for a few days, yeah, uh, I, I kind of feel that. It, I mean, it's 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 a decent pen for the money because mm -hmm. uh, I think that it's it's well made, mm -hmm. uh, and if it didn't have a flex nib on it, it could be like a good writing pen. It just is a little. It just using it just as a regular pen, not flexing it. It is very dry and has a lot of feedback on it it would be kind of like a fine point in that regard mm -hmm. um but for what i'm buying it for for the flex i'm not really i, I probably could have spent my money better on a pilot falcon and i okay. would get like the flex would be a much easier and more line variation mm. uh, so i wouldn't recommend it for flex per se and i think what i'll end up doing with it because i have a very strict policy on my range of pens i'm not going to be collecting and keeping this around mm -hmm. is that i'll i'm gonna do like end up doing a giveaway on it at some point so yeah okay cool yeah so you're talking about some of the pens that you bought on fountain pen day and i actually didn't buy anything for fountain pen day for a couple of reasons and one of the reasons actually lines up with an email that we received from our friend eric with regard oh. to episode number 141, the prehistoric discussion. So I'm going to read this email real quick. Roy, I think you are missing a huge possibility regarding the lack of fossils of people. Imagine a world a long, long time ago where the seas were dominated by giant jellyfish, like 300 feet across. No brains, no blood, nothing to remain after they died and decayed. Now imagine that most of the people lived close to a coast with temperate weather, supply of fish, etc. The erosion would wash them to the sea eventually after they died. Like the jellyfish, nothing remained, nothing remaining to see or evidence. Two-thirds of the world is covered by ocean. Lots happens there that we have no history or evidence. Thanks for continuing to put on a great podcast and now YouTube videos. I'm informed and entertained, and that's all I can ask for. Well, thank you, Eric. But here's the part of the email that I wanted to share with everybody that I think is very relevant to the fact that I didn't buy anything for Fountain Pen Day. Hmm. I have an idea for a show topic, he writes. He says, you seem to be a pretty disciplined person. He is totally – he missed the button. He missed the target on that one. <laughs> how about a discussion with pens, ink, and stationery where you talk about how much is enough? When to say no and how to keep the desire and buying manageable. Okay, so let me address a few things in that email, which I think are, are very relevant with for this podcast and talking about it. One, 
disciplined person is the last thing I am. When it comes to like things like diet, exercise, you know, things like that, maybe I'm obsessive. Discipline, I'm not really sure. Like I certainly am obsessive and I certainly, I get focused on one thing. And this is also going back to the whole thing that I share with everybody because I have no shame about it, is my my lifelong battle with ADHD, right? So this is something that is common with people with ADHD. They have an inability to focus or pay attention to something that they're not interested in. But if they are interested in something, they become so laser focused. It's a very common thing, right? And as a result, I, I did find just through luck that the ketogenic diet really helped a lot of those things. Really quick, I'm sorry I'm going off on a tangent, but I think there is a need to destigmatize ADHD and these kinds of things. And I think it's really important for people to understand that there are also positive qualities. For example, people with ADHD are ferociously creative. They, they can be very intelligent, but creativity and spontaneity is one of the positives that happen with people with ADHD. It's just people need to learn how to manage them through different means, not just medication. People shouldn't right. always just jump, jump to medication. And um, I was actually talking to somebody who is involved with these charities that raises money for ADHD awareness and had dealt with a journey himself with his children and stuff. And I was actually gonna bring him on because it's a subject that I'm very passionate about. And if there's a way I can raise money for a charity, for this because children suffer with this and a lot of times parents don't know what to do you know what i mean and i remember receiving an email from a parent who's like hey i think after listening to your podcast i think we need to get our child checked out and they did so so mm -hmm. if that person's listening a follow-up i would definitely love to hear a follow-up and see how your child is doing but anyway going back yeah i'm not disciplined i'm just obsessive Second thing, how about a discussion with pens ink stationery where you talk about how much is enough and when to say no and how to keep the desire and buying manageable. So this is a very good point because this is not a hobby that is cheap, right? Watch collecting, pen collecting, <laughs> cars, <laughs> unless you're Jay Leno. <laughs> I don't, I don't are... know where we're rolling that. We're, 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 we're <laughs> ever going to be rolling that high on the, right. on the no, pen show. Uh, like, the the, watch, thing is, the watch thing is tough, tough too. Now, fortunately for my obsessive behavior, I do love watches, but I'm more realistic when it comes to watches where I'm like, listen, you know, I'm not going to buy that watch. It's just, it's a car. It's a mortgage. No, I'm not buying it. You know what I mean? And, and if you're looking at this watch, this one was a gift. I didn't buy this one. So anyway, <laughs> very generous gift. But so listen, when it comes to when enough is enough is when you find yourself buying pens, inking them up, and then not using them for a week. You know what I mean? Like that happens to me a lot. So eventually what happens is I'll buy a pen or I'll acquire a pen and I'll find that I enjoy the opening it. I enjoy holding it, looking at it. I enjoy inking it up and using it to scribble in a notepad. But I have, since I have so many, I can't really thoroughly enjoy it. So the reason why yeah. I didn't buy anything on Fountain Pen Day is because I wanted to pick a pen and I want to use the shit out of it. I want to really use it. I want to really get familiar with it, how it writes. And I think one of the major things that people need to understand when it comes to the fountain pen hobby, unless you're 
satisfied in the hobby with simply collecting and acquiring, kind of like people do with challenge coins or stamps or something where they just baseball cards, right? Where right. people just buy them and collect them just so that they have a whole display of them. In that case, the conversation of whether should when is enough enough is a more difficult conversation to have because when you're a collector, the answer is never. If you're a collector of Lamy Safaris and you don't specifically use them to write, but you just have them because you like having a wall of like just 150 different color safaris and you want to be able to say and know about each one, great. Then enough is never enough. Every time they come out with one, you're going to want to get it, right? I can see Esterbrook is the same way. Like every 20 minutes they come out with a new color and I can see people buying the Esterbrook SD from beginning, they started off with the cobalt, cobalt blue, the tortoise shell, and then the forest the green, the black. And then they came out with, since then, 5,000 different colors. I could see why somebody would want to buy each and every one and have a wall of Esterbrook Estes, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're a fountain pen enthusiast and you're a user of the fountain pens and you're not so fixated on collecting every version of a lime and for example Edison the Goulet exclusive Edison Nouveau premieres gorgeous my favorite Edison designs those are my favorite Edison designs I'll buy it because I really like it but I'm not gonna get every seasonal color when they release it unless I like it some people will get every seasonal color because they're a fan of collecting the line but I'm only gonna get the one I like and if I don't particularly feel like the color calls to me, I'm not going to buy that color. But when I do, I want to be able to use it. I want to be able to make use of it. Because to me, what makes worth what makes it worth buying is the longevity and use I get out of it, as opposed right. to just having it. Right. Yeah. And and that's uh, that's the beauty of the fountain pen hobbies that you are encouraged to use your right. collection you know mm -hmm. it's not something that is generally not something you would for most people at least like i mean mm -hmm. i know some people especially like retro 51 collectors a lot of them just still stay new sealed in the box because right. those it's a different story in terms of all sure. the themes the limited runs that they do but when it comes to like you're saying estabrook it's more about okay well i'm going to buy it with the idea of using it or I'm going to buy it just to collect it. But if I'm buying it to use it because I like the color, for me at least, I know it's going to be a matter of like, do I come back to this pen? If I'm looking for a pen to ink up and I see them all lined up out there, which ones am I going to and which ones do I kind of not go to in that mm. lineup? And then right. if I find myself not going to a certain pen over and over again, I was like, oh, I haven't used this in like three months. Then I'm thinking maybe it's time that I could part ways with it to get something else that to replace right, it. Right. So, I mean, did we really answer the question there? When does well, it go? You know, not. I mean, I, you know, I don't think that there's going to be such an, uh, a definite answer. Right. Uh, I mean, there, that's it's a discussion. So it's like, how do we say no? Um, and keep the desire and buying manageable, uh, you know, I would really say it depends on your own level of collectability. Uh, I, I mean, definitely don't fall for the FOMO thing. I, right. I mean, I, I do marketing all the time. I understand that that is a key psychological component 
to basically push people to you know pull the trigger on something is like hey it's a limited run it's not going to be around forever i mean it's the truth it's not like it's a lie but at the same time it's a psychological trigger that then makes you say oh i need to buy something otherwise right. i'm going to miss out on it but don't fall for that like right you so, know it's, it's easier said than done but yeah, that's that's something that you have to say when you're disciplined it's like it's like all right well i only have 10 pens or or i only have so much of a budget to spend on pens oh this new edition comes out and i'm gonna miss out because it's a limited edition but you know it's not in the cards for me right now it's like i'm just gonna have to pass and then if i get into the mode later and and i can be able to add it to my collection and i still want it at that point then there's usually some people on the secondary market that's going to have it available or it's mm. or you could find it somewhere so there's possibility you know but you just have to stay disciplined on it you have right. to you have to say this is these are my boundaries right so see but that's the thing where the reason why i made a distinction between myself being disciplined and obsessive is where this is where it's important for me to make that distinction if i were disciplined it wouldn't be such a battle right mm-hmm because it's an intellectual thought process where I'm like, okay, I don't need to get this now in four years, maybe something else better will come out. So I don't have to worry about FOMO when it's obsession. Like, you know, I am admittedly <laughs> am it's, it's not an intellectual thought process, it's an emotional one. Right? right. So now it becomes like, I have to have that. If I don't have that, I'm going to think about it all day. And if I'm thinking about it all day, I can't focus on anything else and nothing's going to get done. So I better just get it for the better good of everything. That's the that's the thought process, and you have to really really stop for a second, and you really have to kind of battle that obsessiveness, which mm -hmm. I have to do a lot, and I've been feeling good about myself because I haven't been acquiring a lot of pens recently, and instead of acquiring pens, and instead of becoming obsessive about something I don't have, I have so many other pens. I'm stopping myself to say, hey, what am I not appreciating about the ones that I do have? That's right? a good point. Yeah. yeah. So I go back and I look at pens that I do have and I'll realize, my God, if I didn't have this pen, I would want it, but I do have it and I forgot that I had it. So mm -hmm. if I didn't have this pen now, I would call up Tom, bother him till he sends it to me or yeah. I would buy it, but I don't have to do that. It's here now. And the only interaction I had with it was I opened it up, inked it up. I used it for a couple of days, did a review on it and then moved on. The problem is I'm not appreciating the pen. And then right. when you don't appreciate all these things that you have, you end up wanting more and more and that never ends. And that cascades into, my gosh, I just spent too much money, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. So my solution is let me just go back and let me take a look at what I do have and let me enjoy those again and again. And then what you find is when you take something that you like and then you enjoy it over and over and over and over you start to build a connection with that pen or you store whatever it is it could be a watch or something and you start to appreciate it more and then you later on you find that you having utilized it more and appreciating it more and being more connected with it and i know we're talking about an object and people are going to be like hey guy re relax my thing is though it becomes yours so the scratch that you have on it or the thing that makes it not look brand new is yours. It's, it's a part of your history. And it's just, I think there's more to like about it at that point in time. There's more mm -hmm. subjective reasons to like it, which conflicts with like someone like us who do reviews, 
because you want to review things objectively. So right. part of the reason why I always like use a pen for a review and put it away is because I want to remain objective. If I become emotionally attached to it because I'm using it for nonstop, like I said, you have more subjective reasons to appreciate it and you can't review it anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why sometimes I'll get a pen and I'll be using it a lot and then decide I can't review this because there's no objective way I can there's no way I can do this objectively because I like what happened to me on the days that I used it, you know? I had the pen okay. and I met Elizabeth Olsen and she took it from me and then, you know, but still, I feel like that that's a cool story to be told, though, because as as we know, mm-hmm. our pens start to develop a narrative that starts from the how we receive them and then how we use them and how they kind of become our companions and they right. Right. travel but, with us, they study with us, they we do stuff with them. So I, I kind of feel like that's a cool story to be told, too, even if you do use it extensively and it becomes more emotionally connected or connected sure. in a in a way that doesn't that no longer makes it just a something that's a blank slate like it doesn't you know what i'm saying like i, yeah. I kind of feel that that's a really interesting way to approach a review too is that is like well here's how i lived with it yeah no that's that that's cool that is cool but that's not a review anymore that's just that's mm-hmm. sharing that's sharing an experience that you had with and that, and the reason why I say that is because your personal experience with something and the story that you have to tell is not something that someone who buys the pen can have just because they bought the pen. A smooth writing right. experience, a good ink flow, uh, iridescent acrylic is something that if they buy the pen, they can experience it, right? right. Me having the pen and then happenstance running into a celebrity like a hot one like Elizabeth Olsen and then she brushes it through her hair and now her now the pen smells like her hair and then I'm sniffing it all day long like a creep <laughs> I don't know I'm making something up the point is I you can't promise them that experience the only things you can promise them experience is the things that are detached from your personal experience you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. other than the way it writes the ink flow the acrylic and that kind of stuff but Anyway, that's the answer to the email. I thought it was a very interesting email. Skater Cruz also wrote us in a few things, too. We're out of time, but we will definitely get to these. And she's just talking about her her card game experience, because we were talking about card games and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and her connection to dinosaurs, her favorite dinosaur. I appreciate it. She wrote us, too, actually. So... Oh, if you want to, we could just we could read it uh, for the next episode if you want to do yeah, that. Yeah, let's let's it. do that because. Yeah. But before we do that, I just I do want to wish her a speedy recovery without putting her business out there. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna be just fine. Uh, hit me up if you if you need to chat or if you need anything from us. Let us know. We'll we'll of course be there, friend of the podcast. Anyway, I just want to say to everybody listening, thanks again for joining us. Uh, for episode number 142 of the Penboy Boy Pentertainment Podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for watching or listening, whichever medium you're using. Be well, be safe. Stay inky.